Hello and welcome to the Untitled English Minds podcast, the podcast that has finally remembered what they're called. I'm Connor, with me as ever is Mr Sparks himself. Hello Sheridan. How are we doing Connor, you alright mate? Uh, I am okay, yeah. Uh, I had a, a very good time punctuated by watching Minds, uh, which we will get into. How are you? Yeah, I'm doing good. I'm I'm feeling good. The Bundesliga is back uh, to, to get a bit of warmth in me in these cold temperatures. Yeah, it has been a very cold few days in Germany and I think it's going to get even colder. I was looking at the forecast for Friday night's game in the week coming up and uh, it looks like it's going to be freezing. So we're lucky that I guess at the le- at the sort of this level of football, uh, people have some technology. It's probably not going to be like the frozen pitch that Swindon would usually get. Um, but <laughs> I'm going to have to pack like three jumpers to go to the stadium on Friday, I think. It's going to be brutal, isn't it? It's going to be horrendous, especially if the sun's gone down. It's, it's, yeah, I'm glad I'm on the standing terrace where it's going to be a bit full so I'll get the, uh, the heat of the people around me. Act like penguins and we'll stay warm. Yeah, just everyone snuggled up together in Q-Rock. <laughs> like. uh, it probably will happen. Um, anyway, so we saw some Bundesliga action this weekend, Sheridan. First time in 2024 and it was the culmination of a pretty dire hinrunder in which we've won just once, drawn eight lost eight I mean it has to be a better second half of the season right it can't be worse yeah there's no question about it there's there's no beating around the bush there's no nothing it, it has to be better if we uh, put in the same 17 games uh, in, in the Rokwanda then um, this time next season we'll be talking about away games in Rostock and Paderborn and God knows where um, so yeah, if the podcast even survives that long I think I might just off myself before that happens <laughs> I, don't, yeah. like, I don't think we'd bother would we it's like oh, lads we'll just go and watch Wiesbaden it's easier um, oh, no come on mate let's <laughs> <laughs> yeah no it, it, it jazz it absolutely has to be better um, we had the high point of, of the Leipzig game uh, which which I sadly wasn't at so I've gone uh, including the back end of last season over 20 league games now without seeing us win Um so I'm scraping the barrel looking for ways to talk about it now in, in ways that we haven't spoken about already. Um, slight positives, slight negatives. I don't know. A one-all draw, against, a home draw against against Wolfsburg is, yeah, it's tough. Yeah, it's, it's very much one of those kind of results that like, it's not a toys out of the pram result. It's not a I'm overjoyed result. The performance as well, it was very much the same. Like I'm I'm not even really half glass full or half glass empty. I'm just kind of, you know, that that was a thing that happened. Uh, a lot of the sort of themes that we have been discussing for weeks continued in terms of greater solidity in defence, uh, as well as just absolutely no fluency in attack. Um, thankfully, we managed to get a point out of it, which is better than we have done in a few games recently. Um, and, you know, maybe it's a platform for better to come in the coming weeks, or it could also just be, a, well, you know, there's not much... Uh, of an improvement recently so why should we expect there's going to be improvement uh, in coming weeks so I think we should probably get into it Sheridan obviously uh, it was uh, a draw against Wolfsburg at home on Saturday Um, the team selection if we go through that um, Robin Sentner returned in goal after injury Um, back five of Sylvan Vidmer Eddie Fernandes Sepp van den Berg Anthony Cassian Philip and Wiener um, with Cor Kraus and Papela in midfield and Onisva and Borkite in attack so what was your feelings when looking at the lineup ahead of the game? The same feelings I've had before every game, really, um, and and it just did that kind of feeling of oh, okay, that's the team lineup, is it? Well, well, we'll see what happens. I, I'm struggling to get excited, but like you were saying earlier, I think the 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 comment on the result is exactly right, and it's the comment that I would put forward for the team selection as well. It's not toys out of the pram, and it's not 
uh, oh my God, you know, this is brave and this is this is new. This is something to get excited about. It is a team selection that, that I kind of expect at the moment because I expect that Zivert's come in and currently he's just trying to still build a foundation and stop us from losing games and, and he can get braver from there. Um, so, you know, the back five we talked about at the beginning of the season, but it was a back five in a system that clearly wasn't working and we were shipping goals like nobody's business and we're playing a back five at the moment and actually... If you look at the stats, have you wouldn't believe it, have one of the best defences in the league. So, um, you know, whichever way you're looking, something's changed somewhere. Um, I'd, I'd say the one disappointment for me would probably be Papela instead of Gruder. Um, but again, there's a comment on whether the team are set up in a more defensive fashion because they're just trying to make sure that we don't concede stupid goals and, uh, and, and, don't, and Wolfsburg don't run away with the game before we can get ourselves into it. Um, and, and we were looking to hold back and, and, and make sure we're in a position where we can go and attack the game and, and bring that kind of pace and excitement and creativity into an already tired Wolfsburg defence. Um, but, but otherwise, for me, it was, it was as I expected, um, 5 out of 10, 6 out of 10. Thanks very much. Here's Yvette. Yeah, I mean, I think it's one of those ones where I wouldn't have made many changes to it in, in terms of the, the personnel there should be good enough for the job of playing against the mid-table Bundesliga t- team. And I think it proved that they were pretty much up to the task. The performance was OK. Uh, the thing that was nice was having a little bit on the bench where you think, OK, well, if it's not going well after an hour, you have options there to sort of change the game. Someone like a Brian Gruder, you could pay, uh, maybe expect that he should be starting. But then the fact that you can then still bring him on uh, for the second half um, at some point to change things if you need to uh, is a positive. And to be honest, the, the thing that was nice was just that they announced the team there was no one that we were expecting to be there that like wasn't there, and then nobody injured themselves in the in the warm up. Uh, so uh, there were no no new injuries for what feels like it's probably the first game in months. And I, I'm saying that sort of touching on wood as I say that because I'm thinking, you know, we never know what they're going to have told us by the time of Union at home on Friday um, about you know something that someone's have someone's got a paper cut probably and going to be out for a month. Yeah, that's but, it. Got hit by a snowball. Yeah, but I think so. I think where I would aim critique at Ziva is maybe not so much with the personnel, but with, with the formation. I think where we actually got some of the better performances in the sort of end of 2023 was where he was playing this kind of hybrid between the back five and the back four um, in terms of having either Dominic Core or Tom Krause kind of basically playing as a midfielder and then dipping into the back three when we're out of the ball. So you kind of get the best of both worlds in terms of. You have that defensive solidity in theory uh, off the ball, but then with the ball, you do have that extra player in build up as well that's sort of able to ideally force things. Um, so to kind of go back to actually know that these are three players that are going to be playing in midfield when you've got someone like Fernandez who could have then sort of fulfilled that role and stepped into midfield but didn't um, for me just kind of felt like a too much of a sign of respect for Wolfsburg almost like you know they're a good team good players they've had the beating of us a lot over recent years but they're on a difficult run of form their fans have turned on their own coach as well mm. they were coming into it very much in the same thing of us like basically we need to sort of turn a new leaf in this new year and you could see from the way that they played like they were very much a like let's just do the basics we're not very confident they could have been got at uh, and what we didn't really do was lay much of a glove on them in the first half and I have to think that that's down to the way that we chose to play the game yeah no I'd, I'd, I'd agree uh, a lot on that um, it, it, I, I think I was reading earlier certainly if I've got got it right in my head is that Wolfsburg are 
the, the statistically the worst team away from home in the Bundesliga this season. They went, I think before Christmas, they won away at Darmstadt. Uh, they, they scraped the 1-0 win away at Darmstadt. But before that, they'd won the previous away games. I think it was six in a row they'd lost on the bounce away from home. Um, so there is a lot to be said for looking at a team like that on paper and taking them on and saying, you know, we're going to continue this series. I think the problem comes from us is that we don't have anything to buy. We don't have the bounce to to go and do that to a team. There is no confidence in this in this squad whatsoever. Um, you know, if if we were a, a Leverkusen, for example, or, or I don't know, even a um, I don't know a Stuttgart, someone in sixth, seventh, eighth place, you'd be looking at Wolfsburg and going at home. We're going to go at you, and we're going to show the reason that you're having a, a, a mid-table season, and we're challenging for the European places. But we're scraping for against relegation for for a good reason. Um, and I don't, I just don't think we would have had the springboard to really get at the team in a way that we would have wanted to. And what you're looking in that situation is trying to find. Actually, at some point, you have to find that springboard, and you have to work that springboard from somewhere. And like you say, if you don't attack a team, then you'll never create it. And it's just this this continuous cycle of being a little bit too careful and not giving yourself an opportunity to to uh, create momentum and start picking up points consistently. Yes, I mean, that the game started much in the same kind of way as like a Heidenheim at home in December in terms of us having a lot of the ball in the opening exchanges, not really probing too much, not really looking dangerous. But then what a team with sort of higher quality players is able to do is just sort of absorb that pressure and suck a punch on the break. Wolfsburg, first sniff of goal, um, run down the pitch. I think it was, um, or oh, what's his face? Um, Cherney. Yeah. Um, sort of breaking from relatively deep, decent run, disguises his shot against uh, the sort of crouching Seth Vandenberg and uh, his unsighted uh, centre. And, you know, it's, it's, it's not a great goal to concede, but it's kind of, it's, you know, these things happen, unfortunately. Um, and it's just, it's the kind of moment that's annoying to watch for us because it's like, well, why can't we do that? So it's not that's not a really intricate goal. It's just a you know someone with a little bit of initiative. I'll, I'll tell you why we can't do that. I was furious on the on the terrace as the goal went in, and having just watched the highlights about twenty minutes ago, I'm I'm even angrier at the goal. Um, if you look back at it, it's it's the ball's been played back in a nothing area to the goalkeeper, who's kind of shoveled one out to the right wing. Whether he's meant to put it there or not, it's ended up coming to the player's foot. Cassie's got himself caught in no man. Land. So the ball's been played into that space in behind him, and suddenly as Cherney has just run 40 yards against Vandenberg. Vandenberg's backing off the entire time. Nobody's uh, made a genuine attempt to get close to the man. So all he's had to do is just go at Vandenberg. Vandenberg's only option is to either make the challenge and get beat or keep backing off, keep backing off. And because he's got no support in that situation, or like you say, all Cherney's had to do is just shift the ball to the left on the edge of the box, fire it under his leg, centre's unsighted and doesn't stand a chance. As a coach, as a manager, at half-time, I'm throwing boots around the dressing room. You are taking players out, bottles going everywhere, because it is a shocking goal to concede. And at that level, if you if one player gets caught out, everybody needs to run the dogs to get back in and, and, and iron out the mistake. But nobody does it. And I don't know if I... If you can talk about Vandenberg, maybe he could have been a little bit braver and made the challenge, but he backs off, he backs off, he backs off. Nobody else comes in to clean up that space. And all it's a training exercise. All Journey's got to do is make the right decision. And a player at that level should be making the right decision 95% of the time. And he does. And that's the reason they score. And the reason that, that we don't score those goals is because defences work out those mistakes and don't allow us to get into those situations. And yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. 
good analysis. I think as well, if you were to look at that, like Cassie is caught out of position, but I think if you look slightly even further back in the highlights there, uh, I think Mvena's also cut out of position. Like basically Mvena should be where Cassie is. Cassie should be sort of further back towards where Vandenberg is. Um, and basically it's just like the midfield vacating their position that puts Mvena out of position, basically like as a team structurally, like we've failed to sort of deal with uh, them sort of launching a transition. And yeah, it's just... It's bad. Uh, it's annoying. We wobbled after the goal as well. I wasn't having the best time of my life, I have to say, and, uh, <laughs> watching it. <laughs> uh, and I think in the end, we ended. We were able to get back into sort of roughly controlling the game in terms of like overall possession and not looking sort of too uh, susceptible to counters sort of as the game wore on. Um, but at the same time, it was like, well, again, you have to look at the game state and once a team goes one up away from home, they know that you've scored four goals under your coach at that point in seven and a half games uh, that you probably can just sit in and wait for your moment um, and really we created what one opening for Johnny Burkhart who not a renowned header of the ball and he just mistimes his header and skews it straight towards Kuhn Castiles yeah it's um, it's unfortunate but it was it was it's one of those that you, realistically he's got to score because if he puts it either side of the goalkeeper it's a goal Castiles doesn't stand a chance um, but this is also a player that hasn't played football consistently for a year. Um, so I'll, well, I'm going to give him some leeway on that. I'm, I'm just happy that he actually got to the ball in the first place and got a shot on target. You know, that's an improvement on what we've seen in previous weeks. Yeah, um, and all, all he's done is like mistimed the jump by like a split second. Like yeah, it's exactly. Less- uh, if he's there just slightly later than he goes then he's able to direct it right into the far corner and it's a goal yeah um so yeah i think as well it's one of those ones as a chance it's like a actually quite a it's a bigger chance than it actually it feels like a bigger chance than it actually was in terms of because we created absolutely nothing like you have to be scoring those chances but if you're creating that chance what five or six times in a game then then you only have to maybe make one or two of them so the frustrating thing from our our point of view is that Borkart's not scored there uh, you wouldn't necessarily 100% expect him to but then like what other chance are we going to point to in the first half that we missed <laughs> uh, so it becomes more important in our mind I guess yeah, I, I, other than other than Borkart's header, the only one that I can think of is is Vidma's half chance after about ten minutes, where the balls come to the far end, uh, to the far post, and he's he's stretching um, and doesn't quite reach it. And that's another case of if he's half a second, uh, if he's if his timing's half a second better, he gets on the end of that, and at the very least steers it back towards goal. Um, but other than that, um, chance creation was was non-existent. Um, we had two or three corners, but with Eddie Fernandez taking set pieces, you're not going to create chances for corners other than the one where Oni's Evo's worked out that Fernandez can't get the ball beyond the first man. So he's ducked in front of the first man to flick the header across. But is other than that, not enough. Yeah, and to to be fair to Fernandez as well, you know, if he if he took a good set piece, who's getting on the end of it anyway? Well, <laughs> exactly. Uh, you know, I I think it's one of those things that we we really have to be puffed. Like the effort was there. The, the it's just the, the execution's not there because I think overall you can try very hard, but if the plan's not right, you're not yeah. going to pull it off. Really, are, are you at the end of the day? And yeah. really, Wolfsburg should have been two ahead at the break. Uh, right. You know, a couple of minutes into injury time, um, Vosburg break. And it's actually, so it looked like, to me like a really good save from Zentner. And it is a really good intervention, but he's actually sl- slide tackled the attacker. Oh, yeah. And, you know, absolutely brilliant. He's channeled Nicky Tower there. Yeah, he absolutely has. He's crunched Kaminsky, hasn't he? If he gets that wrong, it's a red card. Like, there's, there's absolutely no doubt about it. Um, but I'm going to bring it back. It was it was a Eddie Fernandez free kick that didn't beat the first man that actually created that counter situation. Um, and it's, it's just synonymous of 
shooting ourselves in the foot and just creating our own problems. Um, and thankfully, Zentner, like he has been quite often this season, was on hand to, to clean things up. Um, but he shouldn't need to do it. From an attacking position, 30 seconds before half-time, we shouldn't have uh, eight men forward looking to get an equaliser and then find ourselves getting uh, saved by our goalkeeper up the other end. It's um, it's criminal. It is at times. Yeah, and I, I think the other fit person that's worth raising, at least in a positive sense, there is Papela, who, uh, having been sort of the probably the most forward-thinking midfielder on the pitch, um, is the only guy anywhere near Kaminsky, um, yeah. other than than Zentner, and he just kind of buys the time for Zentner to back off and then come back out, um, which uh, yeah, ultimately saved the game for us. Um, in terms, of, I don't think there was any way we were coming back from a two-goal deficit. So to go in at the break just on a slightly positive vibe there, with having staved off that chance, you know, hadn't hadn't created anything huge. Um, but we were at least still in the game. We were in a puncher's distance. Uh, was a huge positive. But let's do a little vibe check. Half time. How are you feeling? Uh, <laughs> how often are we going to do this this season? <laughs> I I was cold and uh, frustrated, um, but but having a good time despite that positive mindset and all that. Yes, uh, I think what we should do is basically do like a super cut of me asking you like <laughs> how you felt at half time after we've watched uh, some dispiriting football because uh, it would be an interesting, it'd be a social experiment if anything. Uh, yeah, I feel, I feel like my response now, now that I've uh, warmed up and, and can sit down and watch the highlights in the, the comfort of my own home rather than the man that's uh, stinking a smoke covered in beer and uh, just generally freezing his ass off on a, a football terrace watching... 45 minutes of Ziva ball will be um, two very different responses. But we'll see. We'll see what happens. I think that's a fair point. But anyway, so second half. So in my head, it was better from us. And then I watched the highlights back and then remembered, well, so I remembered all of these Wolfsburg chances that kind of in play didn't feel like that consequential. But then you look at them and you're like, you know, actually they were probably closer than we were to getting a, the next goal in the game um, as we went into the second half. But... It's one of those. It's a bit of a nothing game, and then we 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 pull ourselves back into it with a moment of inspiration. Yeah, I I refuse to believe that the Vidma main, means to do this. Just as a man that has watched a ridiculous amount of football at all levels of the game, I still don't believe that professional footballers are as good as they are. They obviously are. They're out of this world good and they get paid money for a reason. Not all of us are, mate. <laughs> <laughs> um, but like, there, there is no way a Mainz player on the hour mark, has picked up the ball at the edge of the box, considering I haven't seen a score and I've missed, what, two games in the time? I hadn't seen a score since the end of October, the draw away at Bochum. Um, he's picked the ball up on the edge of the box, had like a half look up and gone, right, if no one else is going to do it, then I'll do it for you. And with the outside of his boot, has somehow looped the ball over the keeper into the top far corner. It is magical. It is beautiful. And whether he's meant to do it or not, I don't actually care because the ball dropped into the back of the net and I went down three rows. Um, but I, I, what having watched the highlights, I, Sylvan, if you're listening, mate, invite me to the training ground and do it again. I'll, I put my life on the fact you couldn't. Well, so I remember I watched it in real time and it was one of those ones where basically he's in absolute acres of space but a really acute angle. You're looking at thinking like just put the ball across the box see you can get on the end of it. Uh, and then he kind of hits it. And I was like, that's going in. And it just kind of like arcs up and it just seemed to hang in the air for an eternity. And then it kind of, the ball kind of goes in, like it just kind of like hangs there still. Like, like this is in the back of the net, but I can't quite tell. It hits the back of the net. My arms are just up. <laughs> uh, I just like, what, 
what on earth is going on? Uh, and we were talking after the game, and you're like, I don't think he meant that. Uh, and one of her other mates was saying, yeah, like from the angle I was at, uh, in the seats, didn't look like he meant it at all. And I was like, I, I just can't, I can't see that at all. Like, like for me, it's like he, he obviously meant to do it. And then I've watched the highlights. I'm like, there's absolutely no way he's put that across. You're not putting that technique on the ball if you're crossing, you're crossing it. He's he's found the yeah. gap. And just the fact that it makes no sense to shoot from that situation is what Sol Castells, he thinks he's get, got across. Yeah. And it's just bought him that time to find the exact gap that he needs. And it's just one of, I mean, basically if Brian Gruder hadn't sort of pulled out the game breaker against Mönchengladbach in October, yeah. it's, it's the goal of the season. But unfortunately we now... Despite the fact we don't score very many, we're going to have two goals potentially that are going to be up there at the end of the season that we're going to really look back on fondly. So oh, it's brilliant. And I take the point, probably if he was to try and have to do that again, he might not be able to do it. He's, he's a fullback. He's not a striker. Uh, although, to be honest, don't know if I'd back our strikers to no, do that. He might either. as well be. Yeah, I, I like um, to think that, that his last thought before going to bed is he was, he was tucked in bed uh, on on Saturday night, next to to Mrs. Vidmer, and he's got his little sleeping hat on, and he's got his cuddling in his teddy bear. Yeah, I like just blown out his candle. Yeah. That's it. He's just blown out his candle in his striped pajamas. I like to think that the the last thought that went through his mind before he slipped away into his dreams for the night was nobody will ever know that I did not mean to do that, <laughs> and and had a little chuckle to himself, and away he went into a peaceful sleep. Uh, no, see, look, I'm just, I don't want to cause a rift in the pod, but you're wrong. He's 100%. <laughs> there's, there's, there's no chance that that wasn't meant. Now, what potentially wasn't meant uh, is that like minutes later, he actually had a very similar chance, actually from like a slightly more acute angle yeah. where he basically swings a leg at a ball and it finds the, like basically postage stamp, really good save by Castiles. And that one, he 100% miss it across. That's like, a, yeah, that yeah, one, I, I, will, I, will, I will definitely... Go on record and say that one he's mishit. But the goal, yeah, I mean, I don't want to. I don't know why you want to do down Mainz no fun for me because we, we don't get many moments of glory. <laughs> no, I, I think my favourite thing about the, the the chance afterwards was it's almost exactly the same, but from maybe a slightly more acute angle, like you say. But the uh, the highlights I watched on YouTube a, a few minutes ago after the chance, they so they show the save, they show Castile's getting getting up, and then the camera pans to Kovac, who's looking across at Ziva, going like, "What are you teaching these boys? There's there's no way he's doing that for a second time." so uh you mentioned the manager and i think this is where we come in and talk about sort of in-game management and substitutions and all that so um before the goal it was roughly on the 61st minutes of the hour mark um i think gruder was being ready to come on and he did come on after the goal and uh i think that was a, a positive substitution to make but there were substitutes that were possible and weren't made for example uh someone like ludovic ajork was on the bench you know he's, he's got one league goal this season so you can't necessarily go like, it's a travesty that he's not got on but mm. when you're sort of searching for a goal against a, a team that should in theory be there and especially at a time of the game that comes on stretch i was kind of getting more and more frustrated that yeah we were kind of making like for like substitutions like papela off for gruder uh I think Rishta came on for Burkhardt later on. Um, we brought on Leitch um, to sort of see out the, the game at centre-back um, for Philip and Vena with Cassie going to full-back. It, like, it, those didn't seem like, uh, beyond Gruder, didn't really seem like the sort of subs that you make if you're trying to win the game. And this is where I kind of think he's not brave enough. Like in 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 times like this, it's actually better to lose one point every so often to try and win three than it is to just continually only get a point. If we draw 17 games from now to the end of the season, we'll probably get relegated because uh, we'll have, what, 28 points? 
Yeah. Like teams don't stay up with that amount of points. So we need to start winning games and at home to a team that don't win away from home was a time to do it. Unfortunately, what we did was not really go after the game and Wolfsburg had probably more of the chances to win it. And it's just really frustrating. Yeah, we never put our foot down, did we? We never, once the goal went in, once we'd got the equaliser, um, we never put our foot down. And I've spoken about this on the podcast before. There isn't a time I can think of, and I wasn't at the Leipzig game. I can imagine we did that against Leipzig where we take teams, we take the game by the scruff of the neck and we say, we're going to win the three points today. We're here to play our football. We're here um, uh, for a reason. And again, it was just kind of, for lack of a better word, it was lacklustre. It just, it wasn't enough. Um, and and I, I'm fully with you on this. I do wish more. I, I, I want the team. I want Ziva. I want anybody on the pitch to, to, to take a game by the scruff of the neck and, and make something happen. And the, the Gruder substitution, he's a player that will do that. He is an absolute joy to watch. He is incredible, but he's very clearly 18, 19 years old. There's some of his decision-making is that of a teenager. And you can argue whether that's a good or a bad thing because at least he's a creative influence, whatever. Um, Richter coming on for Burkhardt, I can understand. Um, mostly Burkhardt had, had run hard for 70 minutes wasn't getting a lot of service, probably can't, still can't do the full 90. Um, I'm not sure, other than a Jork, who you would have brought on to replace Borca in that situation. A, a Jork, maybe, because it would have forced a system change. Um, don't know. Uh, the what, But the one that did really confuse me, and you mentioned it already, was, was Leitch coming on at the end. And for me, that was a signal of a man that was content with a point and was willing to settle for a draw rather than potentially losing a game. Yeah, I think on, on its own, like, it feels like sort of settling for a point. You know, if he's then also making the more attacking substitutions, then then my criticism of it subsides a little bit because you can say, well, with one hand, you're just sort of securing the door at the back while you're going for something sort of in an attacking sense. But there wasn't that attacking substitution that sort of really forced the issue for Wolfsburg. And uh, yeah, we just didn't create the chances. Um, I think if you look at it in the eight games of Jan Zivert's tenure and like, I don't really want to be too mean to him because, you know, it's eight games. Ultimately, at the end of the day, um, there's been damage done uh, in the previous games. But if you look at it, the, the one game where we did take the initiative, like you say, towards the end of the game was Leipzig. And that was after he'd had one training session. And it was very much Bo Svensson's team playing for trying to get out of that sort of slump that they'd had at the end of Bo Svensson's tenure. Since then, we've had Darmstadt away where we didn't create a chance really towards the end of the game. We've had Cologne away where we didn't really create a chance towards the end of the game. Uh, you've had Dortmund away where sort of towards the end of the game, you kind of uh, sort of batten down the hatches, which makes a little bit more sense against a team like Dortmund. But I, I, a point there I respect, but a point away to bottom of the table, Cologne, no. Um, a point uh, to Darmstadt, no, I don't respect it. Like that's th- Those are g- games in which, from th- from those three games, Wolfsburg, Darmstadt, Cologne. Just in one of them, like if if you lose one of them because you try and win it, and won one of them then because you've tried to win it, then you're up a couple of points. Uh, so just that's just maths, isn't it? Really. So I don't know. I, I would like us to be a little bit more bold. Maybe it's a little bit of a we're sort of constrained by the personnel. I think if you look at the squad, Grude is the only man who really has the confidence to take another player on. Um, you know, there isn't really a playmaker in the squad and maybe this is something that sort of just the squad building policies of uh, the powers that be, the sort of players that our coaches have liked over the past few years. You know, Forgini was probably the last player that we signed that could do that kind of side of the game, but he didn't establish himself with us for various reasons. And there isn't anyone that's just going to lay something on a plate for you. 
And then also, as a result of injuries and lack of form, there's no one who's going to score yeah. a hard chance. Yeah. Um, so really, there's the surgery in the squad needed there to basically like get a creative number ten and a striker in. Definitely a striker, um, if if nothing else. Uh, and maybe it's slightly unfair to Yanziva to sort of say, okay, you're not being bold if he doesn't have those kind of profiles in the squad because. Ultimately, he is giving us the platform to win games, but if you haven't got anyone with the quality to actually go out there and win it, then it's very hard to do so, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like you say, Zivert's been in charge for eight games now. In those eight games, we've only lost twice. Um, both of them poor results at home against Freiburg and Heidenheim. Um, but we've only conceded five goals as well, which if at the beginning of the season, or after that run of games, if you said, right, in the next eight games, you're only going to concede five goals, I'd have snapped your arm off. But the the problem is, for not conceding goals, exactly what you're saying is that we're not scoring any. And a nil-nil draw away at Darmstadt, where we basically played the ball around as though we'd both qualified for the next round of the World Cup anyway. Cologne, similar story, nothing happened. Um, and, and then Wolfsburg on, on Saturday, where after the goal went in, we had maybe five, ten minutes where we really got into it, but then it just kind of died out. It just petered out. And it was, it, there was nobody, there was no confidence there. There was nobody that had any ideas. There was no creative creativity. It didn't look like we were going to go and find a winner. Um, and, and we are missing, bang, banging on about it, bleating on about it for weeks now. We're missing a, a person that will put the ball in the back of the net. And I think you're right, a, a, a genuine creative force. Um, and it's, it's actually interesting to, to bring up the likes of Angelo Fulgini because these players, once they've moved away from Mainz, are doing quite well for themselves. Not only Fulgini, who's who's doing well with uh, Lons in the Champions League or, or, you know, assisted, scored a couple of goals in at the group stage of the Champions League and will continue to play in Europe, I think. I don't know. I'm not sure right. dropped into the Europa League or if they're still in it. Um, but you like Delano Burgsog that went away as well. You know, we kind of wrote him off at the beginning of the season, but he's having a, a semi-decent season um, with Huddersfield in, in the Championship. A couple of goals here, a few assists there. Whether that's down to personnel, whether that's down to system, uh, I don't know. But there, there's got to re- there's got to be a, some kind of reason that these people are going away and um, being involved in goals in a way that the, the lads that have stayed in Mainz aren't. Um, what really worries me, what pisses me off in fact is we're halfway through January now halfway through the winter transfer window and it's only now that the club or those uh, in, in the background um, in the boardroom are starting to talk about potentially bringing a striker in and it's only because we found out that Nelson Viper an 18, 19 year old kid is going to be out longer than he expected We, as fans we all knew that he was going to be out longer than he expected because what else were we expecting from the medical department of Mainstone Firm this season a player's <laughs> had surgery right well that's him out for three months longer than anyone planned of course that was that was always coming but why has it taken that for them to look at it and go oh do you know what maybe we do need you know, one more name, one more pace, just just as an option, even if it's just an option off the bench, because a genuine option off of the bench, other than Gruder, may have changed the game for us on Saturday and turned that one point into three points. Um, and yeah, hundred percent. I mean, ultimately, it's it's one of those things we've said. I've, be, I've beaten the dead horse on this podcast in recent weeks along the lines of you can't put too much pressure on young players and players coming back from injuries like Burkhart and Viper to get goals in a relegation battle because yeah. that's. It's just not fair on them at that kind of point in their career. Like ultimately, when they're available, like they will probably come up with sort of telling uh, involvements. But uh, you know, we need to ease the pressure on them and give that to sort of players that have a little bit more uh, experience. And you look at sort of relegation battles past. 
uh, and it has been a time where you just sort of you, you just take a punt. I, I think back to uh, what was it, uh, sixteen seventeen, where we brought Boyan in and Nigel De Jong and all that lot, uh, and it's you know they weren't the most successful transfers in the history of the club. But it's just little things like that that get you over the line, rather than relying on people that haven't got a track record at the level as good as we as much as we rate them and as good as they're likely to be um, in a few years. Um, so yeah, I, I think it's it's frustrating. I think the quote from uh, Martin Schmidt, and bearing in mind that this is coming out, re- you're reading this on the 14th or 15th of January, halfway through a transfer window, is that their homework is to sort of start working on striker targets. And it's like, yeah, that's just. I mean, I don't want to put it into emotional terms because you know it's. It's football, uh, and I'm sure that, that, that these kind of things they would would have been looking at anyway. Because what else are you doing all day if you're working for a football club? But it just seems negligent to <laughs> get halfway through a window and be like, "Oh, we need a striker. We've got one goal from a striker all season in the league." Well, yeah, that's exactly it, and it, it makes you wonder, like you say, what what you've been doing the entire time because you can't be watching the football that we've been playing this season and going. Oh, do you know what? We're all right. You know, we're all right for goals. Don't worry about it. I'm looking at the table now. We're sat in 16th and we've scored 14 goals this season. We've scored less goals than matches we've played. And one of them, I think the last goal that came from a qualified out-and-out striker was a York at Augsburg away in September. As a man working in football, as a man that has been working in football for goodness knows how many years, at the top of the game as well, the Bundesliga is for a reason in the top five, six leagues around the world. How is it taking you two, three weeks of a four-week transfer window to look at that and go, oh, maybe we need to score more goals? Like two and two together, surely. I can hear it in my voice now, how rattled (laughs) it has got me. Because we've been bagging on about it for weeks and it can't be two English lads on a podcast understand what's missing more than the football club itself, those that are paid to make these decisions. Yeah, there has been a very significant tone shift in the last five minutes as we talked about (laughs) 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 <laughs> um, but I think it's fair enough. I mean, so I have on the notes here, and I mean, we kind of alluded to it, but does this game make us think differently about the needs in the squad? Like, is it any different to the before, or is it the same as usual? Like, from a fan's perspective, is there any need now in the squad that you can see that you didn't see before Christmas? No, I don't think there is. I, I think it, we are, you know, there's a reason we're, we're more solid at the back. You could potentially look to, you. I mean, we immediately need to be looking in for a Barrero replacement. I'm just going to make the assumption that he's going to be gone. But that's that's a, a semi-long uh, target for the future. But we're still going on about bringing a striker in with someone to score goals. Um, and I, I think that's the most frustrating thing for the fan at the moment is it's not necessarily that we've gone, you know, it's suddenly terrible or it's suddenly this. It's just we've been banging the same door for weeks on end and you just want someone to wake up. Yeah, I mean, so we absolutely need a strike and we've needed that for a while. I think... Like I say, the the thing where I kind of I probably would have liked a player in this kind of mould before, um, but I kind of have been telling myself that oh well, the reason we're not creating high quality chances under Yanziva is that he's not had a few weeks with the squad to just train and drill his ideas in. He's kind of sort of caught in no man's land between the way that both Svensson wants to play and the way that he wants to play, uh, and maybe you know the week they get in Marbella is going to sort things out. Um, but unfortunately, it was the same stuff. We were, we're not creating chances. So, like I said, I, I want to see sort of someone that's just just a little bit more of a playmaker than what we've got. Like we've got a lot of very busy midfielders. We've got a lot of box to box players and a lot of players that sort of when the cards fall right and when the ball bounces right can sort of have good involvement and stuff. But nobody that's just going to consistently get you like seven or eight assists, uh, which I think 
in most good teams, you just need someone that theoretically could do that. And uh, well, we we had it in Anton Stack, and we sold him to Hoffenheim, unfortunately. So, well, yeah. Uh, I, so I, I think think I, I would like to see that addressed, but like it's it's, it's a lower priority still than uh, someone that's going to score maybe five goals. Yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm thinking about it now because. I've seen you put in your little notes that we'll have a, a conversation in a minute about man of the match, but I'm gonna I'm gonna jump ahead on it. I think for me, for long periods, my man of the match was actually Karim Onizivo, which I haven't said about him for a long, long time. Um, but I thought he was fantastic. Potentially not for the full ninety minutes, but he held the ball up really well. What what we did try and do creatively was put the balls into the channels and get people running. And when the ball came in, Onizivo held the ball well. He looked to get create chances. Um, he, he looked to, to, to drag players away to, to create space for, for lads to run into, but didn't have the support. And any time he, had, he got, was able to get his head up and potentially pick a pass, the only person in the box was Johnny Borka. And we found him on one occasion and he put his head straight down the keeper's throat. But, you know, like you were saying earlier, if you do that, if you create that situation and you create that opportunity five or six times in a game, one or two of them are going to find the back of the net. And while I'm talking about it, the only player that, that or type of player, the type of profile that I can think of to bring into that situation is like a, a Frank Lampard, is a, is a, a proper box-to-box um, player who, who, when you've got your striker dragging centre-forwards away and you've, you've got, uh, picking the ball up, you've got his strike partner dragging the other centre-halves away and, and, and looking to create space for himself. Someone like in, in Tom Krause's situation, for example, who should be absolutely busting the gut. He should be doing everything in his power to get at least at the edge of the box and offering another option. Um, and I think that's where we miss out a lot is the gap between the defensive part of our game and the forward thinking part of our game um, falls away. There's not enough in the middle to um, to bridge those two situations. Yeah, so I, I think the way that I look at it is, do you remember that Chelsea side under Mourinho about 2013-14 where he was very much like we got a back six which is the back four and then the two defensive midfielders and they just provide us a platform and then we've got the attack and that's a different part of the team, basically. And I think we're very much the same kind of thing, but we just do it with like basically three players are the the attacking part of the team and then we've got eight uh, that sort of defend. Uh, And I think you look at someone like Tom Krause, for example, like for me, had a very good game on Saturday, but he's not an attacking midfielder. He's basically like, for all intents and purposes, you play him as part of like a like a double pivot with Dominic Core. Uh, let them sort of patrol um, and then have someone else to sort of do the creative side of things. But, um, you know, Merve Papella started, what, two Bundesliga games yeah. in his career? Uh, so asking him to sort of ha- have that creative onus on the, on the team in midfield, like basically take over the whole creative side of midfield, I think is a very big ask. Mm. Um, so, yeah, you're, you're probably right having someone that is able to just make that late run into the box and just sort of get shots on target, whether that's going to lead to a goal or a save that then comes in on the rebound for someone like Borkut to just sort of slip in. And what he is very good at doing is finding that half yard of space and just sort of doing something. Um, Then I think that would turn us around a little bit. But yeah, Uh, my man of the match, I mean, it's just really obvious when someone scores and is weirdly our best attacking output despite being a right back and just... I think you look at him sort of over the season and I think part of the reason we've grown under Sievert in comparison to the games before is that he had the captain back and that's Sylvan Fidma. Like, I think he's just such a such a vocal presence and you see it in the stadium, the yeah. way that he lifts people around him and that he's just always making runs and always sort of di- like directing people and all that kind of stuff. And the goal, I think, is uh, it caps off months of good work from his perspective, having got back into the team. Um and uh, yeah, I, I think it, it was 
typical. He was constantly finding that kind of room. Like you said, the foot chance in the first half, the cross in the second half after his goal. Um, for me, he's the man of the match. Sort of fairly easy to select, but um, you know there was there were some other good performances. So I like that you mentioned Anisova as well because I think he, he had a quite a thankless task and he, he yeah. set to it very well. Yeah, no, he's um, he's been slated a lot, and and I'll put my hands up and say well one of these people that slated him, but he was um, he did exactly what he was in the team to do on on Saturday, and I, I think for me he deserves praise for just doing the doggy work, just as a forward player, just doing the the tough yards, thankless task is a great way of describing it. Um, so yeah, but but to to, to bring up a, as a final time, just bring up your point about only uh, Vidma. I might not agree whether he was man of the match or not. He was definitely in my top two or three for the for the game. Um, but the the point about how important he is for the team is is not to be understated. Like it was, I think it was Bochum away where we were chasing that point, and we eventually got the point. But he was on the sidelines, and when uh, Bochum went two one up, he was the first to sprint down the touchline. Body language, get your get heads up, boys. Um, we're still in this. All of this, you, you know, it's all of the things I want from my captain. Um, and ever since he's been back on the pitch, he's been doing it not only in the way he talks to the players, but also the performances he put in. He's so calm, collected. He's controlled in the way he does things. Um, and I think that's a, a really, really important point that you make uh, to bring up just how important he is um, for you know whatever system it is we're trying to play and, and whatever the club's trying to achieve this season. Well, I'm glad that I made a good point. And uh, I think <laughs> we'll... we'll, we'll, um, we'll um, I think we'll, we'll try and do that man of the match thing as sort of a regular thing because I quite I quite like to look back over games and like look at the trajectory of the season and especially when you're like really scraping the barrel for positives like mm. back in October like who would we have been giving man of the match in like the, <laughs> the sort of very abject losses um, I, I think it'll be interesting to look back to look back on so I'll get a spreadsheet started up and we'll keep those going so who's Excellent. the name that you're going to lock in for yourself because we'll do a column each okay yep on his Evo. Okay, cool. Right, that's going on a spreadsheet somewhere and let's see if we remember to keep that up. Uh, a few final thoughts, Sheridan. Uh, the big news today, and I think this is, this is again, one that's uh, an interesting discussion point or has been on social media uh, on Monday this week, uh, is Benny Hoffman becoming the under-23 coach. So for those who don't know, he's the under-19s coach, won the German title at that level. Last season um, has done really well in getting Mainz through uh the sort of original rounds of the UEFA Youth League has secured uh, that team uh, a knockout tie against Barcelona of all teams. Um, and I think actually would have been a candidate that, that a lot of people, once both fans on left, would have really liked to have seen given the full-time job, but kind of talked themselves out of it in the sense of let's let him finish the job he started in the Youth League with the under-19s team. Uh so it seems remarkable that we can't even get that right. We've just given him Siva's whole job <laughs> rather than let him carry on what he's built there. So Yeah, I I don't want to say too much on this topic because I feel like from from my perspective as as a, as a foreigner in Mainz as it was, I mean, I've had a season ticket now for five or six years and I've been talking extensively about Mainz for five or six years. You know, I'm going to, to as many games as I can, home and away. Um, feel like I have a grasp on... To a certain, to a certain uh, superficial level, um, the inner workings of the club, um, but I, I don't understand it at all, and, and I agree with a lot of what people who were saying were saying. You know, when Svensson went, Hoffman was the next one for me um, of the two. Ziva has, has managed in professional football before; he's done something in professional football before. His CV doesn't, you know, doesn't get a man immediately excited. 
Um, and Hoffman has done a really, really good job with the under-19s, not only in being successful on the pitch, but laying a foundation for lads coming into that team. Um, and I understand, you know, though I think Ziva is now the seventh manager in a row at Mainz that has been promoted through the system at the club to become manager of the first team. Um, but I, I, I feel like Hoffman going into the under-23s is almost a wasted talent. You've mentioned before on the podcast what you think about second teams in the Regionalliga. Unless it's purely there for, I don't know, a backup plan, if, if Sievert doesn't work, to immediately be able to promote Hoffman, I don't understand why that step needs to be made. Um, and I would have liked to have seen him certainly be able to take the charge when the boys play Barcelona um, in two or three weeks' time and bring it through to the end of the season because they're still in the cup. They're still doing well in the league. Um, you've had your two years at least then with that generation of, 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 of players um, and, and then see where he goes from there. Um, but like I said, I don't want to say too much because I, I, I don't know enough of the, the real background workings of why these decisions are made. But from Yeah, also, I, you, do, you, don't, you don't necessarily know what the people involved actually want, like what their preference is. Uh, you don't know like what, what the actual plan is in a long-term thing that's... Yeah. That makes it necessary to sort of move people around. I think it's just an interesting one that, like, kind of we had two coaches that could possibly have got the job, and I think the one that would have been the less popular choice has got it, and that that's just based on I think Zivert's less of a club man than Hoffman, although both have worked elsewhere and both have been at Mainz for um, a certain amount of time. Um, but I think as uh, and and just probably the you know relegation on your CV doesn't look great for Zivert as well. Mm. Hopefully there won't be another one come come May, um, but. Yeah, I, I think it's one, yeah, I don't know many of the ins and outs, so I kind of don't have a strong opinion on it, but I think it's an interesting one in the sense of it does then look that basically moving him up, it does look like a very much at some point he's going to be ideally the next coach of the club, whether that's in a few years or whether that's, you know, if things don't work out sort of in, in a shorter term kind of situation. Um, and I'm interested to see how it goes on with the under-19s in terms of that that team has been interesting to follow over the last uh, year or so um, in terms of all of the stuff that they've achieved and uh, unfortunately due to work I'm not going to be at the Barcelona game but um, that'll be I guess a, given that I think the, the tickets were sort of going like hotcakes it's yeah. going to be a bit of a celebration of that team so I guess it's it's slightly a shame that the coach that sort of guided them to where that they are is not going to be there but it is what it is I guess uh, only on at home next week well this week as we talk about it Friday night let's hope it's a reverse of the reverse fixture I want two penalties from a Jorque um, I want one of our players to ride home on a bike. Uh, <laughs> and I want to win. We want to win. We want three points. Honestly, it's yeah. I, I'm not even. I'm not even going to get myself started because I'll 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 go on about it for ages. Um, and we've said it about a couple of games in the last couple of weeks, but it's just so important. Like losing losing on Friday is just it, it's not in the question. It cannot happen. It simply cannot happen. If we turn up like we did for long periods against Union on the first day, we're going to struggle. If we create chances like we did on the first day, however, because I remember back the game could have finished for all. It could have finished uh, all kinds of um, results. But I just think at Monday night recording this, just thinking about it now, I'm getting nervous. And I cannot imagine what that walk to the stadium is going to be like on Friday night. Cause I'm I can imagine be, it's going to be very cold. It's going to be very cold and I'm going to be shivering from the cold, but I'm going to be shivering from the fact that I am absolutely shitting myself that if we lose on Friday, it's game over, we're gone. I think the way that I look at it is that 
actually, although it's a game that really we can't afford to lose, it's a game that we can afford to lose because you have to risk something to win. Uh, and I would much rather we have chances towards the end of the game if it's going to be tight and if we're going to be drawing uh, and end up going out there not winning the, any points than just settling for a point again. Like That just, for me, is not acceptable. So yeah, uh, I think we, ha- we actually we have to go into it and be like, right, three points on on uh on offer and they're staying here because you know i think union are going to be better in the second half of the season but hopefully we can catch them before uh their real improvement does happen and yeah we're looking forward to it as well because it is, it is something that's, that's missing is that that kind of is that feeling of deflation that we've had in the last few weeks if you if you've ever been in a stadium on a standing terrace supporting a team in any way that feeling you get when you watch your club really push the doors in for the last like five minutes, going looking for an equaliser, going looking for a winner, where they really throw kitchen sink everything at a club and then you finally get that equaliser or the winner or whatever it is. I think it's one of the most undescribable best feelings and I would love for us to finally bring that back in what is not just a mid-table clash. It's, it's just so important and I pray to the world, I pray to the lords that I'm going to get that indescribable feeling. Yeah, so if you're out there, football deities, uh, please write back and return our calls. I, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. So the, the second half of the season can't, well, it could be worse than the first, but it, you know it'll be a struggle. So positive vibes only. 2024 is going to be a good year, Sheridan. Uh, I think with that, let's wrap it up. Uh, any final thoughts? No, I'm with you. 2024 is a positive vibe. We've got our Excel spreadsheet for our man of the matches. That's my don't, new year's yeah, resolution. I, I haven't done it yet. I, well, we'll, we'll have yet. one, but my new year's resolution as well. Positive podcast, a posy pod. That's all we're looking for. Yeah, I mean, we can workshop it anyway. But uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, f- thanks everyone for listening. Uh, it's been a pleasure. We'll be back next week discussing the game that we've just previewed. So uh, until then, goodbye. Hear you then.